First off, I'd like to, to thank Jeff for inviting me to participate. Um, I really I, I feel it is a privilege uh, for me to be on this panel, in part because I'm a relative newcomer to Montana history. I took over teaching the University of Montana's course in Montana history in 2007 when Harry Fritz, who I'm assuming many of you know who Harry is, you probably know him personally, he seems to know everyone. Um, when Harry retired uh, from full-time teaching and someone at the university, someone in the department, had to teach that course. And so after about a, a bottle and a half of wine one evening with Harry, um, he asked me if I would take it over and I was not in a state of mind to say no. And it's turned out to be a, a fantastic decision for me for a variety of reasons that I don't have time to go into. but. Whereas I've been teaching Montana history now for 10 years, I've only really been researching and publishing in Montana history for about three years. And, and so I feel a bit humbled in relation to the other people on this committee who have been working and publishing really, really good scholarship in Montana history for decades. And so I, I appreciate being here, so thank you, Jeff. As I was listening to people talk, I've got all sorts of things that I would like to say but maybe we'll save that for when we get into the more the round table and I'll, and I'll stick with what I'd intended to say um, in my five minutes. And that is, to my mind, the most exciting and promising new opportunity for research in Montana history is the increasing number of newspapers that are being digitized and are now available um, through databases that can be keyword searched. And I won't inundate you with too many numbers, but I just want to give you a sense of the availability right now of digitized newspapers that are available online. Um, so a couple of, of, of freely accessible sites, so you don't have to pay, you don't have to have a subscription. Um, many of you may be familiar with Chronicling America, which is a database supplied by the Library of Congress. It currently has 81 Montana newspapers that are digitized covering the period from 1864 to 1926. Now, many of those papers, there's only a couple months that have been digitized or a year. There's others that have several decades that have been digitized. And that's freely accessible. You can get on your computer, you can get on there and do research right now. Most of those papers are small town papers. Um, and because it doesn't go past 1926, it's obviously most useful for studying Montana during the pioneer period in the early 20th century. But it's extraordinarily useful. I'll give you one quick example of how I used it recently in the, in, in, in the book that I'm, I'm writing, this, this sort of new synthesis of Montana history. I'm halfway done. Um, so give me a couple more years and I should be able to get it out. But I was recently working on the chapter on essentially the gold rush era and I, I really wanted to write more about the, 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 the shift and the growth of hydraulic mining. And there's been some scholarship written, but it, it tends to be reliant upon nationally published mining periodicals. And so it didn't really give a precise, detailed account of the, the development and the growth of hydraulic mining in Montana. You just go to Chronicling America, plug in the keyword hydraulics, and hydraulic mining and a wealth of source material came up within five minutes. Now then the challenge is going through it and making sense of it, 
and, 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 and sort of crafting it into um, the, the account that I'm telling. Um, but not only did it provide sort of extraordinarily detailed information about the hydraulic operations that were occurring in Montana beginning in 1865, really early through the early 1870s, but it also gave wonderful descriptions of the environmental consequences of the hydraulic mining. And they weren't thinking about it in terms of, oh, we're damaging the environment. They were sort of celebrating um, the destructive capacity of the hydraulic mining operations. But from our perspective now, it gives a sense of what the environmental damage was. And so just one example. Um, another uh, site is the Montana Newspaper site, which is uh, provided by the Montana Historical Association. It also, by my view, and I'm, I'm open to be corrected, but my use of it, my looking at it, it also has lots of smaller town newspapers. Um, and so that's similar to the Chronicling America. I think it has, where it has 71 Montana newspapers mostly small papers, but what's nice about it, it doesn't duplicate what Chronicling America does. It's more focused on the modern period and has lots of digitized papers from 1926 up to the present. And so using both of those, both of which are freely accessible, um, it gives access to an amazing amount of, of source material. And then finally, let me just mention two other quick ones. Um, these are pay sites, but they're actually not that expensive. And so they're affordable for individuals. If you're tied with an institution, institutions will typically have subscriptions to these. One is called the Newspaper Archive. Um, it has dozens of Montana newspapers, and it focuses primarily on city papers. And so let me just give you a couple of examples of what's been digitized and available in the Newspaper Archive. So it has the various iterations of the Kalispell Interlake, from 1892 up to 2014. It also has the various iterations of the Helena Independent, the Helena Record, the Helena Independent Record, from 1875 to 2014. I mean, this, is, this is thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of, 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 of text that, that's always been available. I mean, these papers have been around. And, and, and Professor Swartout and I were speaking before this about how we've done intensive research in newspapers before they were digitized. And what was involved with that, of literally going page by page by page by page, looking for, and you, you, you might get through a year in the course of a week of research. With this, within 10 minutes, you can come up with hundreds, thousands of relevant hits to whatever you're studying. In, in, in literally the matter of minutes. Then the, the challenge is sorting through it. Um, one other one, quickly, is, is it's called newspapers.com. It has 48 Montana newspapers and claims to have, I haven't counted, 2.2 million digitized pages. It has some of the same coverage as the newspaper archive that I just mentioned, but also some additions. So it has the Great Fall Tribune from 1885 to 2017 and the Montana Standard from 1876 to 1977. I mean, it's phenomenal, the opportunities that that presents. And I'm probably close to my five minutes, but I just want to very, very quickly suggest some of the areas that I think these sources will really enable new research. So one area I think is, is in, and this is what my specialty is outside of Montana history, so I've kind of diverted and working one foot in Montana history, but I'm keeping my other foot 
in my previous expertise, which is in the history of urban public space and public life. I've written a book about the history of swimming pools. I'm now working on a book about the history of public music. These projects aren't possible, really, without being able to do digitized keyword searches. So take, for example, my public music project that I'm working on. I'm, wanting to, I'm, I'm researching street music. There are no street music archives. They didn't leave any institutional records. How do you go about studying that? Newspapers are by far the best source, but how do you find small bits and pieces of articles that are scattered all over the place? Well, you find the right keyword searches. And so you plug in, you go to I mean, the Chicago Tribune, or you can go to the Great Falls Tribune. Um, there's also lots of butte papers that are digitized. And you plug in a word like organ grinder, and voila, scores and scores of articles where there just happens to be the mention of an organ grinder performing on the street of a city. And out of all this scattered material, you can really construct um, a, 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 a detailed and vibrant picture that gives a sense of the everyday texture of life in communities. Um, and so public culture, public life, another area that I think is really promising is, is grassroots politics and community activism, the type of politics and activism that doesn't generate records, institutional records, but rather they play out in public spaces, they play out in local meeting halls. Those types of things are accessible and available. You can, you can get at them through newspapers. And then finally, kind of piggyback um, on what Professor Swartout mentioned, um, recent Montana history. The challenge of doing research in early Montana history, um, like pre-before Montana became a territory, is the dearth of sources. There's so few sources that you've got to do a lot with a little. One of the real challenges of doing research in contemporary and recent Montana history is there's too many sources. And you need to find ways to sift through and navigate through to find what you want in this vast, vast mass of evidence. And keyword searches in digitized newspapers and other digitized sources is one of the ways to be able to do that. Um, so thanks.